All right, welcome into Dance Class presented by Burger Smokehouse. This is PowerMizzou.com's regular Missouri basketball postgame show. We do it after every single SEC game. We'll do it after the TCU game. We'll do it after any postseason games, all that. Once again, if you haven't joined us, we call it Dance Class for a simple reason. The goal for this season for Missouri is to get to the NCAA tournament. Some people call that the dance. We talk about how they're going to get there, how today's game impacted that, all that. Today's game, obviously, a good sign for the postseason hopes. Missouri rebounds from a loss against Mississippi State after an 11-day layoff with a 68-52 win over Texas A&M. At one point, Missouri went on a 35-10 run in this game after falling behind early 24-17. There was much panic at halftime. Um it was not a pretty game to watch in the first half at all, as we expected it wouldn't be. We said on our pregame show the first one to 70 would definitely win. The first one to 60 would probably win. That happened. Texas A&M, which was averaging 57 points a game in SEC play, scored a season-low 52. A&M shot the ball terribly for two halves. Missouri played poorly offensively for one half and then woke up and played actually really well on offense in the second half. Jeremiah Tillman, Drew Smith, Javon Pickett lead the way for Missouri in a game that, again, the Tigers trailed 24-17 and then went on a 35-10 run. If you want to extend that, after it was 24-17, Missouri outscored A&M 51-28 the rest of the way. Really dominated a game that, as we talked about in the pregame show, they needed to win, and they should have dominated. Cam Cameron first on the board with the comments, and if you guys want to comment, ask questions in the chat, we certainly welcome that, um, but we will also be taking phone calls here. We'll do that shortly. The way we always start this postgame show is to play you Conzo Martin's postgame press conference. Just uh, Actually, right now, some people are still talking to players down in College Station, so postgame's still going on. Conzo's press conference wrapped up five, six minutes ago. We're going to play that for you here. It's about a 12, 13-minute press conference. Then we'll come back, talk about what Coach said, take your comments, take your calls, break the game down as long as you guys want to do so. So here is Conzo Martin from College Station. Gonzo, you know, I think it's now you all are now 11 and one over the past two years when Javon scores more than 10 points, I guess. What, what kind of a spark did he bring today? And, and can you put your finger on why he's, uh, you know, such an important piece for this team? He's muted. Can you hear me? Well, in most most cases, uh, when it's a physical brand, uh, that's up Javon's alley, you know, and we need him to be that type of guy. That, and he's also one of the guys that can go smaller in the four position. I thought Kobe played an extraordinary game on both sides of the ball, but Javon just, just a tough, hard-nosed guy. And that's his brand of game. It was a physical one. It was one of those ones you start out with boxing gloves, only eventually you get to playing some ball, but it was uh, fun to be a part of. But, but that's his style of game though. Dave Matter. Conzo, what'd you think of uh... Jeremiah today is just really efficient on, on the offensive end and got three blocks too. He hasn't really blocked a lot of shots for you this year. High level. He, it was no question that you had a lot of talented guys on that floor, but high, no question the best player on the floor, uh, high level. And I'm so happy for him uh, in his last three games. I mean, I, and I, th I thought he's played well all season long, but just happy the way he's playing, the pace, the poise, the maturity, 
the, the things that he says in huddles and all that just, you know, makes you feel proud as a coach because he's made progress every year and you start to see his hard work pay off. Um, so, man, I mean, just, I mean, that, but if he's that guy, man, it's, there's not many in America that's better. You know, it might be some just as good, but high level play on both sides of the ball and, and then doing it efficiently without fouling. And he's not a guy that doesn't complain if he doesn't get the ball, he just get it off the glass, make the next play. Just saw uh, really impressive, really impressive. Aaron, my Coach, we heard what you had to say after the Mississippi State second half. What do you have to say about this second half today? Oh, impressive. Uh, you know, that's who we are, man. We, we're a team that shares the ball. We play together. Uh, doesn't, doesn't matter who, who leads us in scoring. Uh, uh, they really enjoy playing with each other, being around each other. Uh, Exton had one of his better games, but he was the best cheerleader on the sideline. It just, man, they, they, they bought the right things, man. They, they, they value the right things. And all they want to do is win basketball games, be together, have some fun, get on a plane, flight home. And I just, Mississippi State, man, it's just, I mean, and, and credit to Mississippi State, I'm saying Tennessee, both teams beat us. Tennessee both halves and Mississippi State in that second half. And it just, it's one of those things you just kind of sweep it under the rug, keep moving, because it's hard to explain what happened. You try your best to forget it, but you got you to learn from it and keep plugging. Sweetie. I was another Tillman question for you. He, he, he kind of played through some double teams. He, he scored off a couple, I want to say, and he passed out of some. Just, is that what you want to see from him when teams do double him and, and kind of focus your attention on him? Yeah, I mean, just like he's really embraced the double. Now, now he's getting to the middle of the floor in the double. Normally, when teams double him in the past, and he spent a lot of time. And I saw the good thing about you know having a week off, and even before that, but he spent a lot of time just really seeing when he's being double, embracing the double. And we spent a, we spent a lot of time on doubling from the baseline, the middle, somebody running over the ball. A lot. So he sees a lot of different things, and that takes a lot of time to adjust. You don't see many professional players seeing doubles all the time like that, but. Just the pace in which he's playing, he's finding an open guy, uh, and just his composure, man. Because you don't realize it, I mean, well, you realize it, but unless you're going against him, he's 260 pounds, and just, and, and he's done a great job with his body. He hitting you and constantly hitting you. Some will give eventually. Mike Reigns. Hey, coach, as well as Jeremiah is playing, is there another level? Does he have more in him? Oh, no question. I, I think so. I, I think. If, if I was a bed man and I'm not a gambler, I'd, I'd say 75% right now, as well as he's playing. And just, 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 just the other pieces. And I, I won't give give you all that because that's that's between Jeremiah and I that we talk about. But I, I think there's a little bit more. To go. I, I would say 80%. Yes. Tyler, coach, you talked uh, earlier this week about how you know what you're getting when you play Texas A&M. That's a really physical game. Uh, but yet, you guys, for the most part, were able to stay out of foul trouble. Um, so what is kind of the key to, to guarding without fouling in a game as physical as this one? Well, the thing that we always say, defend without fouling, that's easier said, said and done. The way the game's uh, not, not necessarily officiated, but with the hand checking, you can touch a guy that's a foul. Uh, so, so, and then we have guys like them that, you know, Miller, who's a driver, uh, Savion Flag, a guy that can get you up and down, uh, Jackson, guys that can drive the ball, Gordon that can drive the ball, make plays. They put pressure on your defense. So you have to be sound. You might have to give up some pull-ups. I mean, you're talking about the SEC is a high level of basketball, so everybody can play. You have to defend them without fouling, but, but more than that, when the shot goes up, you have to block out. You have to put bodies on those guys because they crash the guys, even their guards, and, and they're physical when they crash. And you can look at their bodies, they've done a phenomenal job in the weight room. So it's not just when the shot goes up, you got you to block out and you got to get the ball. And I thought this was, in my opinion, Kobe's best game since he's been in that Mizzou uniform, in my opinion, of that physical brand and going toe to toe. And I thought he did a great job. 
Conzo, uh, Druid had foul trouble the past couple of games you guys have played, and I think he had 15, six assists, six rebounds, and four steals today. Just what about that? the break led to have this him having that production today? More than anything, just rest. I mean, Drew's a good basketball player. played 37 minutes. He's, he's a good player, and he's good on both ends of the floor. Uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say he's Pons, but he's probably the next guy in, in our conference as far as, as a defense. He doesn't block him like Pons, but he gets steals and do other things. He shut down, you know, perimeter guys. So again, his game is on both sides of the ball. So it's not necessarily you look at it and say, he only took eight shots, he got this and that. What did he do on the defense side of the ball? Was he in foul trouble? Because again, if he's in foul trouble, we're a different team. When he's on the floor, then you see the results because now he's on both sides of the ball. And I thought what he did do tonight, and I know Coach Cohen been on him a lot, he has to be an aggressive score. He has to look to score. And that's what he did tonight. He's like, man, you're too good of a player not to, not to look to score the ball. And we need that. Travis? Jack? Council, you guys turned the ball over uh, 10 times in the first half, only four times in the second half, I think. Was that an, an adjustment in your part or just executing better? I think executing better. It's not anything, it's not nothing I had to say in the last three years. I mean, you, you can just push plug, record, and you already know what I'm about to say whatever, when it comes to turnover. But man, just take care of the basketball, man. I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, it's not, nothing special. Settle down, take care of the ball. Be strong with the ball. Because you know, what they do is as good as any team I've seen in America is when you're driving the ball, they do a great job of taking charges. They get they get in position quickly. And if you don't make the path, you don't jump stop, you'll get a charge. And, and I think that had a lot to do with so much turnovers. Then the other part is not to make any excuses for our guys. They do such a great job of taking charge. You get in the lane, sometimes you might have a layup. Now you're not shooting it like you need to shoot it because you think somebody getting up on you about to take a charge. So. Uh, but no, you know, 14 turnovers too many. And uh, we made the adjustments in the second half. Joel. Hey, Conzo. Uh, Mark Smith hasn't particularly shot the ball too well through these last number of games. Uh, do you think there's a difference? Do you see the, a difference in his team when he's not shooting the ball well as opposed to, you know, that hot start he had in the beginning of the year? Well, we need Mark to shoot the ball. Um, he shot one for seven for three. If he, if he opened from three every time, we need that ball to go up. I mean, because he can make shots. We need we need we need the ball to go in for Mark because he's a guy that works extremely hard. He works on his game, and he and he puts you know pressure on himself if his shots didn't fall in because he spends so much time working on his game. So you want to see the shots fall. For him. He's a different player when the shots fall because he's defending at a different level. He's rebounding. He's doing all those things. So man, we we like to see that ball go in for Mark because he put so much time into it. And he's such a great guy. They yeah, Conzo, there was a point where I think AM cut it to 10. They had like an 8 0 run there, kind of the same point of the game when Mississippi State made their run. You went inside twice to Kobe, or Kobe went inside twice. Just that that stretch there where you stayed aggressive, just how important was that to finishing this out? Well, very, like I said, one of our, our stress, you know, getting to the paint, dribbling, whether it's via pass or dribbling the ball, even Drew Smith, get to the paint, put pressure on the defense, man, because. We, we show them on film how teams defend Jeremiah. Jeremiah might not get the ball, but there's two guys hovering around him. So you got lanes to drive the ball, drive the ball, settle down, see it. But oftentimes, with, especially with a team like Mississippi, I mean, excuse me, Texas A&M, because they're physical, hands-on, active and all that, and they're ready to take charge, you, you pass it to drive the ball. Not that you fear somebody blocking your shot, but you don't want the charge. But it's like, guys, turn the corner, make a play, because they got two guys hovering around Jeremiah. Get to the rim, and you'll get great opportunities. I thought Drew Smith, and, uh, and Kobe did a great job in the second half. Even Javon getting to the lane. Got time for a few more, Mason. 
Hey coach. So when the team is struggling to make, uh, make shots from a certain area of the floor, do you guide the players towards a different shot selection or do you let the players sort it out on their own? Man, you know, the thing about, for the most part, guys take shots that they practice. I mean, it's, it's basketball. I mean, I, I don't have a mic in their ear and they're not robots. It's basketball. You got to play the game. You spend too much time working on your craft. Play the way you play. And, and, and I've never been a guy, man, just say, okay, stop shooting the ball in the game because now that becomes a focus. I might say, guys, we need to drive the ball a little bit more, but I don't necessarily say a guy's name. You know, and it might be, I might nudge an assistant coach to go over to, hey, look, look at shot fake, look and drive, that sort of thing. But I don't necessarily say to a guy, uh, like Mark, one for seven, man, keep shooting the ball. They, if there's shots, you practice good shots, keep letting them fly. They'll, they'll eventually fall. And because and his teammates expect that from him. Uh, Mitch? Gonzo, Texas A&M started off shooting the ball pretty well, but then had a stretch where I think they missed like 13 or 14 in a row, missed seven threes in a row. Did you make any kind of defensive adjustment or did you feel like guys were settling in after? Settle down. Settle, settle down and play basketball. Um, don't don't allow your offense to dictate how you defend. Like that first three, I think Gordon hit, it was breakdown defensive by Drew. I think Drew Smith gave up 10 points early on his breakdown. So it wasn't necessarily anything that they did, his breakdown. Again, man, it's, what do you call it? Time, I said time out of two minutes in the game and on stuff that we've gone over several times. I mean, just that's maturity and understand that that can't happen. There are other things that will take place. They might run a play that we hadn't seen before. Okay, let's make an adjustment. But stuff that we know is coming, you have to be prepared for it. Last one, Travis. Yeah, Coach, uh, just with the break that you had uh, in, in play, how do you feel like your players responded coming back? And uh, do you think there was any any bit of a slow start and getting back into things in the second half? I mean, if anything, I mean, you got you have to give credit to Texas A&M because, that, like I said, that, that pressing, they're getting back and they're running at you, taking charge in the lane and all that, and they were active and aggressive. And I think the other part that kind of maybe – the players didn't say this, but maybe startle some guys with their lineups. It was a unique lineup, a lineup we hadn't seen starting the game. Uh, it's almost as if we go into a game and Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Tim, and Drew Smith aren't starting. You're looking like, well, what's going on? And you don't want your guard, guys let their guards down. But nobody said that. Um, but just settle in and play basketball. Maybe some of the residue after the uh, Texas, I mean, Mississippi State game, who, who knows? Uh, but I, I don't spend a lot of time harping on, you know, past games outside of some specific. We got to keep moving. All right, so they will keep moving to Tuesday night when South Carolina comes to town. Missouri a 68-52 winner over Texas A&M. We welcome all you guys in to, the, to dance class presented by Burger Smokehouse. Uh, Burger Smokehouse is the official smokehouse of Mizzou Athletics and also of our post-game basketball show here every single week. You can try out all their products, pulled pork, brisket, bacon, turkey, ham. They got all kinds of stuff, snack sticks, Anything you want, you can get it online at smokehouse.com. You can uh, check out their business in California, Missouri, or you can get it at all kinds of retailers across the state. Schnooks, Price Chopper, Hy-Vee, Gerbs, there are other ones, uh, Woods, CNR, plenty of places all over the state. All kinds of uh, grocery stores carry, carry burgers, meats, and it's great stuff. Encourage you to do that. A lot of NFL football to watch this weekend. Maybe get yourself some burgers and uh, get that going. Of course, spend time with us here before uh, you actually get to the uh, Burger Smokehouse and the NFL playoffs and whatever else you might be doing. The phone lines now are open. Just opened up the Skype line, 573-234-4935. If you want to call me and talk about this game, 
certainly open to any thoughts. Encourage your calls and welcome them. Anything you want to talk about. Uh, also, obviously, you can can comment in the chat section. Uh, but this works better, um, you know, when people are wanting to call in and talk and we have a little bit of a back and forth. I can give you my thoughts on this game and certainly we'll do that. But uh, but definitely want to hear from you guys as much as possible over the next um, however long we're here. Usually we've been going about an hour uh, after basketball games, but we'll go longer if you want to. So while we've got time before some of the calls start, we'll go through uh, – Go through some of the comments here. Well, no, we won't because we already have a call, so we'll do that. All right, we're on the uh, on the line at the 314 area code. Who am I talking to? Hey, this is Tyler. Um, just had a, uh, a quick comment and then one question uh, for yeah. you. One thing, uh, and I heard Conzo mention this in his, his press conference too that I watched, but uh, I think one, one thing we don't mention up is Kobe Brown's rebounding impact for this team. And I thought I, I agreed with Conzo. I thought he did a good job, and I think he had six rebounds. But there's a couple of times where I think a guard got a rebound. He could be, uh, can, you know, counted as for boxing out his guy. And and uh, you know, I, I think that's a huge thing when he's focusing on being physical down low and you know picking up maybe his drive here or there, but mostly rebounding defense. I think that really helps this team, especially on the defense, and then a couple of the offensive rebounds. So I think that's one thing we don't mention up. The other, the question that I had for you was. With Mark Smith, you know, struggling uh, with the shooting, do you think that we see, you know, a switch in the starting lineup, maybe pickup moves in and Mark Smith coming off the bench in the future? Yeah. Um, first off, that's a good point about Kobe Brown. And, and Conzo said after the game he thought Kobe played his best game in a Missouri uniform, which I, was interesting because it's one of those things during the game I didn't notice it. But, uh, but definitely Conzo obviously did. And with Mark Smith, I mean, I'm kind of torn here. I mean, first of all, if he's not making shots, I, he's not doing a lot for you. I mean, one for seven from three, one for eight yeah. from the floor. He's a guy, that's what he does. He had two rebounds, one assist, one foul, two turnovers, one steal in 19 minutes. I mean, if the shot's not going in, I'm, I'm not sure what his role is. That said, um, you know, Javon Pickett, he seemed to kind of settle into a role of being the sixth man off the bench. Um, and, and I think maybe he's a little bit more suited for that role. So I, I guess I could see the argument for Mark Smith, you know, losing playing time, certainly, uh, but I'm not sure you take him out of the starting lineup. Maybe you just stick with that. And and I've always thought Mark Smith's a guy I know after two shots, if he's going to play well or not, if he's missed his first yeah. two shots, he's not going to play well and just start pouring those minutes into Javon Pickett or Torrance Watson. Torrance Watson actually had some, some good, good minutes in the first half he didn't score but but had some good minutes but yeah I might continue starting Smith and just hey after two shots I know whether it's going to be a good day or not yeah no that's a, it's a good point and you know this whoever starts it means less and less these days so uh appreciate it and uh go pack go today all right Tyler appreciate the call man thanks a lot yeah that one's uh starting I think in about 50 minutes uh so appreciate Tyler b breaking the seal on the phone calls and uh and welcome any of you who would like to call in to please do so we'll talk to you over the next little while about this game and um you know the the whole starting and, and not starting thing so here's what I actually found pretty interesting about this game um in the second half when Missouri made that run that that turned this from a three-point game at halftime into an 18-point lead with, at, I can't remember exactly how much time was left, 10 or 11 minutes left. I think they were already up by 18. 
they did that largely with Mark Smith and Xavier Pinson on the bench. Um, I looked at I looked at the stats with six minutes left in the second half. Pinson had played seven minutes in the second half, so about half the time, and Mark Smith had only played three. So I, I thought Conzo did a good job of riding the hot hand today. And Xavier Pinson, had, he was minus eight today. In other words, in the 20 minutes he played, Missouri got outscored by eight points. In the 20 minutes he was on the bench, that means Missouri outscored A&M by 24 points. Now, that's not all Pinson's fault. Plus minus is not a perfect stat. Pinson is going to continue to get minutes um, and continue to get a lot of minutes down the stretch. But my point in, in saying that is I think Conzo did a pretty good job today kind of identifying who was playing well and who wasn't. And that's really the key with this team. Um, look, you need Jeremiah Tillman to play well. You need either Pinson or Drew Smith to play well. And then you need one other guy to play well. Whether that's Javon Pickett, Mark Smith, Kobe Brown, Mitchell Smith, whatever. If you get that third guy, this can be a pretty good team. And Conzo's job is to identify every day who that third guy is. Now, they didn't have that third guy at all at Mississippi State. I mean, it didn't matter where he turned. That third guy didn't exist. On this day, Javon Pickett was that third guy. He scored 12 points. When when Javon scores in double figures, Missouri's 11-1 and in the last two years. So, uh, he, he gave Mark Smith's minutes to, to pick it today. Now, maybe next game, maybe it's Mark Smith, or maybe it's Xavier Pinson, or maybe one game it's Torrance Watson. It, it's not going to be the – there is no hard and fast rule for, hey, this guy has to sit, this guy has to play. Now, look, we, we know Tillman, Pinson, Drew Smith, those guys are going to play and play a lot almost every game. Um, there may be exceptions like today where Pinson wasn't playing – great and where he sits um but overall those three guys are going to play a lot of minutes then the rest of it's really about figuring out like today Pinson wasn't playing really well Drew Bugs got a lot of minutes in the second half and Missouri played really well with him on the floor Mitchell Smith wasn't a big factor today but that's because Kobe Brown played what Conzo called his best game in a Missouri uniform so it's it's a little bit of mixing and matching and, and there's not necessarily every game, hey, we have to go with this guy. He has to get 32 minutes. Maybe he gets 32 minutes one game and 14 the next game because maybe he's just not playing well. And, and that's really what a coach's job is in, in basketball. It, that's where it differs from football, right? I mean, football, your starting quarterback is going to be your starting quarterback. Your starting linebacker is going to play. In, in basketball, hey, you're going to – Maybe if a guy's not playing well, you're going to yank him on a day. That doesn't mean you're yanking him for the season. doesn't mean you're giving up on him. But maybe on a day like today, you see something in Xavier Pinson and say, you know what, we're, we're going a different direction just for today. Now, South Carolina, Pinson's going to start. He may play 37 minutes. He may score 30 points. Um, but today, Conzo saw a different path. And I understand all the questions about Mark Smith. I truly do. But the simple fact of the matter is he's going to have to play minutes for this team. And if this team's going to be good at some point, he's going to have to make some shots. Um, now, he's not making many right now. He made one today. I think A&M had it to 60 to 50, and Mark Smith made a, a wing three, which was actually a somewhat big shot because it, it kind of was the one that said, okay, back up 13, four minutes ago, this game's over. There's not going to be any choke job or miracle comeback. But Mark Smith's got to make more than one shot. I think we, we all understand that. Um Jared points out that a uh, little bit ugly in the first half, kind of expected after not having played in 11 days, but impressive second half to take control. Yeah. Um, 
I said before the game, like, I don't want to give Missouri the built-in excuse of you've been off for 11 days because everybody's dealing with this type of thing. But I think maybe a little bit of that was was the layoff. I think another part of that is, look, that's the kind of basketball Texas A&M makes you, makes you play. I mean, Missouri already plays that kind of basketball a little bit, right? We, we said before the game, this is going to be a rock fight. I, I mean, I joked on the pregame show, I can write my first postgame thought right now, and it's going to be that was an ugly game to watch. So um, that's already expected in some Missouri games. Against A&M, it's even more expected because that's the kind of game A&M plays. I mean, A&M plays Missouri's game. They just they do it almost more extremely um, and not as well, especially on offense. Um, so, you know, Missouri, yeah, settled in. Um, it took a little longer than you'd like. It took about 16 minutes. Um, but after they were down 24-17 there, they, they had a three. I think it was from Pickett, actually, that made it 24-20. And, and then they just kind of settled in. And, and really, from that point on, the game wasn't competitive. I mean, it was the it was the inverse of the Mississippi State game, right? Uh, Mississippi State, Missouri's looking pretty good. They're up, what, 12 at halftime. And then all of a sudden, they just couldn't do anything right, and it was this avalanche against them. Today, they're down seven. I don't know that A&M was playing all that well. I think against a lot of teams at that point, they would have been down 15. But whatever, they're down seven, not playing well at all. And then all of a sudden, it was like somebody just flipped a switch, and it's 35-10 over the next 13 minutes. Um, so I, I think coming out of that Mississippi State game, everybody's reaction was, oh, my gosh, this this whole thing's terrible. We're no good. This is unacceptable. This season's over. Well, today, the exact opposite happened. So – I. You know what? It happens in college sports. Like, these are 21-year-old kids. Sometimes it just happens um, that that they don't play well for 20 minutes, and then they find something. And, and I don't know why it goes that way, but it does seem to go that way. We're going to jump back to the phone lines, the 417 area code. Who are we talking to? Hey, Gabe. Tucker here down in Joplin. What's up, Tucker? How you doing, man? Good to talk to you. Uh, yeah, you too. You too. Thanks. Um, so, and I've just now able to start listening so sorry if this has been discussed already but uh you know i called i think after the arkansas game and Mm -hmm. says you know drew smith wasn't playing very well and man he drew smith today looked like drew smith last year and the the team looks different with him because they i mean pinson one of his worst games he wasn't terrible but he wasn't you know playing he didn't play as well as he had been but drew smith kind of picked up the slack and if you can get him and pinson going at the same time and you know, dare I say it, some consistency from Jeremiah Tillman right. changes the way the team You actually just, I, I while we were waiting for Conzo's postgame to start, I wrote uh, some postgame thoughts to put on the board later, and you just hit on the first two. Number one, I'm not going to be fooled into thinking Jeremiah Tillman has this all figured out because we've done this before, but this is three straight really good games out of him. And then... Number two, Drew Smith was the Drew Smith that led a bunch of people to say he's one of the best guards in the SEC. Like, he didn't overwhelm you. Watching the game, I don't know that I thought Drew Smith is dominating this game. But then you look up at the end, he has 15 points, six boards, six assists, and four steals, and you're just looking down every single column of the stat sheet, and he's played really well. And that's the player that Conzo Martin kind of fell in love with a couple years ago and that the player that they need if they're going to be good. Well, and speaking of that, the Arkansas game and then the Mississippi State game, both those games I thought he was 
uh, uh, careless with the ball or, mm-hmm. you know, his hands weren't great. And he his hand was bothering him. So I wonder if this week off, because today I mean, he turned it over a time or two, but his steals on the defensive end, when he got his hand on the ball, he was able to grab it. And on the offensive yeah. end, he wasn't as careless with the ball as far as letting it. I mean, I, I think I've well, ever once, maybe twice. Yeah, we yeah. talk when we talked to Conzo on Thursday. Actually, Mitchell asked him, said, "Hey, is that hand has that been bothering Drew?" And and Conzo said, "No." And, and then he also said, "He's on the wood. He's ready to go." So what that means is, like Conzo defines injured as you're not able to play. If you are able to play, you are not hurt, according to Conzo. That once you are in the game, it once that ball goes up and you've played. No injury is an excuse for how you play. So he is never going to say an injury is affecting a guy. But you almost have to think it was to some extent. Now, here's the other thing about today's game that I think helps Drew Smith. They were beating the hell out of each other, and the officials were calling nothing. I mean, there were multiple plays on both ends where I thought, I don't know how free throws aren't being shot here. And I think that favors Drew Smith because he slaps so much, they, they just let him do it all day. Yeah, yeah, good point. And Mitchell, I think it was Mitchell that wrote the halftime thoughts, mm-hmm. and he he brought that up, saying how it's you know the lack of fouls being called makes it better to watch, which I agree with. But he yeah. he thought that kind of actually hurts Missouri some uh, because our guards get to the line so much, and I think he's right. But it 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 helps us in the sense of you know Drew not getting in that that foul trouble, which plagued him uh, right. has plagued him this year. So, and it, and it led as far as the. In- it lets Tillman have three block shots. He's not a he's not a good shot blocker because I think he is so scared to get fouls that he doesn't try to do it a lot. In a game like today, there was no danger of getting called for a foul. You just hack away at everything. Yeah, and going back to that injury thing, I think what I think what you're saying is correct. But I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you know his hand was bothering him. And Conzo, like a football coach, isn't going to say, "Hey, yeah, my quarterback's ribs are bothering him" because right. you know. Conzo said that about, yeah, his hand's still bugging him. Well, of course, Buzz Williams is going to tell his kids, hey, get after that basketball with him, you know, like. Right. Well, and also you got to understand with Conzo, this is a dude who grew up in East St. Louis with a single mother and beat cancer. I don't think he has a whole lot of sympathy for my wrist hurts. Like, I just think that's how he's wired. And I like that, actually, because if a coach coach acts like that, I think kids are less likely to use it and maybe fight through. Andrew, and Drew's a tough kid anyway, but um, but anyway, so no, I I just like the way Drew played today, and um, and yeah, I appreciate you taking my call, and uh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, appreciate it, Tucker. Thanks for the call, man. We'll we'll catch up with you later on, and uh, uh, phone lines are open, guys. We've had a couple already, and and certainly welcome those. Uh, anything you guys want to talk about? Five seven three two three four four nine three five. It's there on the screen. This is the uh, this is dance class hosted by or presented hosted by me. Presented by Burger Smokehouse. Uh, smokehouse.com. Get anything you want. All their products. Good stuff. NFL playoffs start in 35 minutes. I know you're going to sit on the couch and watch a lot of football, so you got to have something to eat, all that. Um, so I, we talked a little bit about Tillman with uh, with Tucker there, but I just don't think it can be overstated, guys. He is he is so clearly the key to this team, the, the most important guy, like, 14 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks. Uh, Jeremiah, over the last three games, has he, – he, I'm going to look up um, his his performance over the last three games exactly because I don't have it right in front of me. But, I mean, 
he has has really gotten things going over the last three and a half weeks or so. We'll jump jump back to the phone line, uh, back to the 417 area code. Who am I talking to? Mark. Hey, Mark. How you doing, man? What's going on? Doing good. First, first off, I want to thank you. We're coming back from the football games. It's so nice to listen to you and not listen to 20 commercials <laughs> followed by a one-second verb, followed by another 20 commercials. So it's it's just awesome that you've done this. So, I appreciate that, man. I'm glad to know you. Glad to know you're listening. Yeah. Well, on to the game. I know Conzo has a player type, which is long, athletic, great defensively. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you look at our team, it's like offensively they don't pass the ball well. It's like Mark Smith for one, and others, and it's really frustrating to watch this team. So. My question is, do you, do you think he should change the type of player he's going for, or do we just change maybe the offense? Because it's, it's frustrating to watch a team. You know, they can't shoot at all. I mean, yeah. if Tillman scores 12 points, we'll be a great team. But if, if he doesn't, I, I don't know that this team's any better than 500, and I hope they are. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing, and, and first of all, like I wouldn't change a whole lot considering they're 8-2 and two right now and probably be in the top 15 in the country on Monday. But the other thing, it's not – I mean, look, they don't shoot three-point shots well, right? They shot 27% today. We know they can't do that. That's not their thing. But actually, today, they did not shoot the ball terribly. In the first half, they shot the ball 44%. That's actually pretty – that's okay. It's not good, but it's good enough to win games. Their problem in the first half was that they turned the ball over on 31% of their possessions. Now, in the second half <laughs> – they turned the ball over on 12% of their possessions and shot 53% and actually looked like a really good offensive team. So I don't think the problem is necessarily the offense or even the shot selection or the shooting. I think it's they spend so much time just giving the ball away without even getting a shot up. Um, you know, they turnovers have been a problem for this team for the last three years, and a lot of them are a lot of them aren't coaching. Like there was one there was one possession today where Mark Smith was on a he was leading a break and he was like one on two. I don't think he was going to score. I think he was going to probably pull it back out. But I mean, he just flat dropped the ball and and a and m picked it up. And they they tend to have two or three of those turnovers a game, if not two or three a half. And I actually think the turnovers are a bigger problem than the shooting when it comes to the offense. They don't appear to have great court vision. You know, yep. when you think about assists today, uh, Pickett had two really good assists, you know, and I, I know that Drew Smith had them, but those were assists you weren't counting on or you're not seeing from that position. Would you start him? Because I would. Yeah, we were talking about that with with another caller. I mean, I I don't care as much as if he starts as long as on a day like today, when you see, hey, Mark Smith isn't shooting the ball and Pickett's playing pretty well, that Pickett does get more minutes. And today, Pickett got 27 minutes and Mark Smith got 19. So I don't really care who's out there for the first four of those minutes as long as he does recognize in the course of the game, hey, Pickett's given me more today. And and the the bigger example even uh, than Pickett and Mark Smith of that today was I think Drew, Bu- Drew Bugs and X Pinson. They actually played the same amount of minutes. They both played 19 minutes. Pinson was minus eight in his 19. And with Drew Bugs on the court in 19 minutes, Missouri was plus 18. Um, and you saw in the second half when they made that comeback, it was Bugs and Pickett. It wasn't Mark Smith and Pinson. So I, if he makes a change in the starting lineup, I won't object to it. But I care less about that 
than about what he's doing during the course of the game, and I thought he made the right moves during the course of the game today. And one other thing. On the Mississippi State game, mm-hmm. I, know, I know we won this one, but when when teams want to drag Pickett, or not Pickett, but Tillman into the pick and roll, and when he lays back like that, when you play Mississippi State, they're going to do the exact same thing to us again. Why wouldn't you play a zone so you eliminate the ability to – when you do a pick and roll at the top of the key, Tillman stays ten feet back, and you give that guy the shot. Are you, it seems to me like. Are you talking? Why wouldn't Missouri play zone defense? Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like it, it's our second worst defense or second best defense, but it might be their fifth best offense against the zone. And it's like, it, it, in my mind, they they allowed those guys to just keep taking those shots, yeah. and they just played the pick and roll and how we played it, and, and we we had no answer. And I think the zone's the answer. It's a fair point. Um, I would that game's been long enough ago. I would have to go back and look specifically at how Mississippi State scored, but I'm going to trust your analysis. Um, I would say, and I want to be clear, this is not me saying Missouri shouldn't play zone, but zone is like one of the dirtiest four-letter words in, in the world, according to Conzo Martin. I think like he is one of those coaches, right? And there are some. Norm Stewart was this way, honestly. Like he didn't play much zone. Conzo's going to play man-to-man defense, and you're going to get it right, and if you don't get it right, somebody else is going to go in for you. Now, that's not to say he'll never play zone. He has played zone at times, but like I think last year it was something like 1.4% of the possessions Missouri played zone. It's just it's not what they do, and I think in the course of a game, I think the reason he's not going to make that switch, I think if you asked him, would be we haven't practiced it. I'm not going to do something in a game we haven't practiced. We've got to do what we have practiced better. Now, I don't expect that to be an answer that maybe makes you happy, but that is, I think, what the answer would be, and I think why they probably didn't do it in that game. So they used to play a 2-2-1 uh, full-court trap, right? So why wouldn't they go back to that since they can't shoot and go for more turn- turnovers? If I remember correctly, he used to do that in the first couple of years. Yeah, that that I I know there have been times I I think he's done that. Um you know, and and again I sitting here today coming off a, a 16 point win, they're 8 and 2. I think what he's doing is largely working. Um now look, there may come a time later this year where they've lost 3 in a row or where they just, you know, what just kind of let go of one and we go, "Oh man, like something's got to change here. I don't I don't think you're there yet with this team. Um you know, it's not always pretty. I understand like a lot of today's game was pretty ugly to watch and they play some ugly basketball sometimes. But they're a top 15 team in the country. So uh I think with this personnel what he's doing right now is working okay. Thanks, Gabe. Join the show. Appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for the call, man. And, uh, and and hey, I've heard from a lot of people that that actually kind of take the show in that way. Like, I know this is a YouTube thing; it's on video, but you don't necessarily have to do it that way. You can plug your phone into you know the little the little outlet in your car on the way home and just listen to it. Like, call up the YouTube app. You don't have to sit and watch. You can just listen to us, and and uh, hopefully uh, people will do that. And um, you know, basketball is a little different. Some of the games are midweek. Some of the games are at noon. Some of the games are at eight p.m. We're always moving all over the place. It's it's less regular than football, but hopefully, uh, you know, we'll build up uh, build up an audience and build up those phone lines and the calls and the comments and all that. And this will will become a pretty regular thing in basketball season because I, I think uh, you know there is a lot to there, there's a lot to discuss and and basketball is more frequent and and 
you know, there, there are a lot of topics you can get to over the course of a, a season. So uh, once again, if you are listening, watching, whatever, I invite you to call in at, at that number on the screen, 573-234-4935. We'll take your calls. We'll keep the phone lines open as long as calls are coming in. Um, but while calls are not coming in, I'm going to uh, roll through some of the comments. Got a lot of lot of uh, comments about Mark Smith, and and obviously we we have talked some about that. And Jake brings up a good point. Um, he isn't a good ball handler, and I think all his turnovers are leading to lower confidence in his shot. And um, that that could be like Conzo alluded to during the post game. Mark's shot affects the rest of his game. But Jake brings up a good point. What if the rest of his game affects his shot? Um, you know, and yeah, I think we've got enough of a sample size now to say that handling the ball just isn't really Mark Smith's thing. I mean, he fumbles it a little too much. He's he's not a great athlete. He looks stiff, right? And and I think uh, tends to maybe dribble the ball a little bit high. I think that might lead to some of the problems. Um, I'm not a technician. I'm not a basketball coach. I don't know. That's just kind of my impression from watching games. Um but yeah, maybe that does affect the shot. But I, I just think also Mark is a streaky shooter. I, again, I can tell you two shots in whether Mark Smith's going to have a good day shooting the ball or not. If if one of the first two goes in, he might hit four in a row. But if he starts over two, it's just it's not going to work that day. I mean that I'd love to go back and and maybe at some point I will and look at actually kind of play by play and find his first two shots. And find out in games he's gone over two from three. When has he turned that around and actually turned it into a good shooting day? Um, because I think that's a thing. And maybe I'm wrong. It's not just a streak shooter. It's the first couple. Uh, to me, almost always are going to indicate kind of what he gets done on the day. And so, I think I'm like I said, I'm fine with continuing to start him. Um, you know, I, I don't think you necessarily pull a senior out of the starting lineup for four or five bad games. Continue to start him, but also have that hook ready if you see on a day like today and give Javon Pickett the minutes. I, I'm fully fully on board with that. And, and Conzo, look, we are all over Conzo for what he does wrong. So he deserves credit for when he does things right, like play Drew Bugs and play Javon Pickett more minutes than you're playing X Pinson and Mark Smith in a game like today. And he did that today. I think he deserves a lot of credit. Spencer kind of agrees with, with I think, where I fall on this, which is that Pickett is good in small doses off the bench and Mark is just going to have to shoot through it. Yeah, Javon Pickett, look, has largely shown, if he plays 27 minutes every game, you're going to see some flaws there too, right? He's not going to score you double figures and, and play as well as he did every game today. 27 minutes is too much for Pickett on a regular basis. Spot duty, 27 minutes can happen and work like it did today. But if you play Javon Pickett 27 minutes every game, there are going to be some flaws and, and there are going to be some things that hurt you. We've seen that over the last two years. We know that. So let's say Pickett is going to average 17 minutes, you know, back that off. Those extra 10 have to come from somewhere. I mean, they're not currently coming from Torrance Watson. Uh, you know, I don't know if you put Bugs, Pence, and Andrew Smith out there. So they're going to have to come from Mark Smith, to be quite honest. And I, I agree. Uh, look, there there is going to be a game or a few games where Mark hits some big shots or hits five or six shots, um, you know, and 
and is very is is a very valuable part of a win. It wasn't today, obviously, but that day is going to come. We're going to jump uh, to the seven eight five area code. Who are we talking with? Hey, Gabe. This is Dan. What's up, Dan? How you doing, man? Good to hear you. Ah, uh, doing pretty well. I watched the Kentucky game and then jumped on here, so I hope I'm not repeating what other people have said. It's uh, all right if you are. We repeat have, ourselves. Well, I have a buddy who's a huge Duke fan. And I'm texting him during the game, and I'm like, you know, I think we're a legitimate top 20 team, and we just can't shoot. Like, yep. we can't shoot from the outside. And he keeps coming back to me. He's like, yeah, that's why they shouldn't be playing basketball, and all these teams are, are up and down, and they don't know when they're going to play and what they're going to do. And I'm like, no, that doesn't matter. We can't shoot anyway. <laughs> right. And it's like these other teams are, are kind of a little bit coming down to our level, and I'm just – Kind of holistically, I'm looking at this and saying, you know, I wish the world was a better place and things were better, but like, can, I feel like we have potential to really do something, I guess. It, and I know it's ugly and I was getting frustrated, but it's like these other, t- I was just watching Kentucky and Auburn and it was not pretty basketball. Right. I, I think, like, we, we have this idea. We want it to look good, right? We, we want, we want 85 points and, and all that. But I mean, they're eight and two. And they're, I agree with you. They are, like, there are nights where they're not a top 20 team. No question. But based on 10 games, which is not a small sample size, we're 40% of the way through the season. Name me 10 teams that have had better seasons. I, you can't do it. Um, Illinois lost five games. You know, um, I, Missouri is, they've got a top 10 resume. And it's very weird to say, but I think you actually are 100% right. They're a legitimate top 20 team that just can't shoot. I, I mean, I know that sounds weird to say, but it, it's like, it, you know, it's like saying, uh, it's like saying, hey, this is this is one of the best offenses in the country. They just can't run the ball. I, I mean, it's, but it's true. We are now a season and a half in. We are past the point where we can say, hey, well, maybe eventually they're going to shoot better. No, this is what they are. They won a game today shooting 27% from three-point range, and that's about normal. Um, so it is now Conzo's job to coach around it rather than to just think eventually he's going to find a way that his team's going to make shots. Yeah, and the other thing is, and, and we all lived in the moment with that last game, and I did too, and I was frustrated, but hearing Sunvolt kind of say Conzo said this and kind of agree with it, to some degree, you got to tip your hat to that kid from Mississippi State, some of those shots he was making. He mm. made like five of them in a row, and things were going so terrible that you just got frustrated. But, again, I mean, we're not going to win them all, and we may lose first round of the tournament assuming we make it. But we also might beat some people that have off nights. I just yeah. Like I said, I think I'm excited anyway, and, and it's ugly to watch sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, Norm Stewart ball was ugly to watch too sometimes. Right. So I'm, I'm good. The one thing that that does concern me is, and I've said this a lot over the last two and a half years, when the blueprint is to win every game 62 to 59 or something like that, sometimes you do run into a kid like Mississippi State had in DJ Stewart who's just hot. It's not your defense. He's just hot, and you're going to lose that game. Whereas when you have the ability to score 85 points, you know sometimes you can survive that. Um, like tonight, honest, today – Missouri, I think, won this game in large part because A&M is just dreadful offensively. I mean, there are a lot of teams that would have been up 20 on Missouri at halftime in this game. 
but they weren't because you know a and m's bad offensively so i guess while i agree with everything you're saying my concern is this is a team that is susceptible to hey even in like a 413 game in round 1 just having that one guy who has a day and goes 7 for 11 from three point range and you're beat because you just can't keep up with a team that can score 85 on a certain day no, that's that's fair. I, I do think A and M is a stronger than average defensive team. So I agree. Yeah, a little something to do with it, but but yeah, that's. I mean, we're it, it's going to be a crapshoot, but at least yep. you know we have a shot. I guess. Right. It's 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 not a perfect team, but it's a lot better than most of the last few teams we've watched. Absolutely. Thanks, Gabe. Appreciate it. All right, Dan. Have a good one, man. Thanks for the call. Um, so, yeah, I want to invite you guys again. Feel free. Call in. We've had had a few and appreciate uh, those who are calling in. Appreciate those of you who are taking part here in the chat. Um, and I'm going to get to some of those comments while I have a few minutes here. But, again, if you call, I certainly will jump on the phone line and, and start to take uh, – take priority with the phone calls over the comments. Uh, Jake says today showed why bugs is on the roster. When Pinson's struggling, you can keep drew Smith off the ball and in attack mode. And that's a good point. Like I've been pretty critical of drew bugs and said, they keep talking about him and keep talking about him, but I've never really seen it. And even today, like I don't think drew bugs is, is a guy that you're going to have watched that game and think, man, he was great. He had two points on one of two shooting. He had three rebounds, two assists, one turnover, one steal, he, you know, Stat line was fine, but, like, he steadied the team. Again, Missouri was plus 18 with Drew Bugs on the floor, minus 18 with Xavier Pinson on the floor. So, you know, he did his job today. He filled his role. And, I, you know, John Sunvold said this during the game, too, and, and I think we can all agree on this uh, show that there are few people that whose basketball knowledge we're going to respect a whole lot more than, than John Sunvold. He said – you know, they, they just need somebody off the bench, and it doesn't have to be the same somebody. It's not going to be the same somebody every night, but they just need some contribution. Tonight it was Javon Pickett and a little bit of Drew Bugs. Some other night it might be Mark Smith. Some other night it might be Mitchell Smith. They just need somebody, um, and, and they got that, and Jake brings up a good point about Drew Bugs, and I've been kind of hard on the kid, and, and I think there were other options out there that, that may have helped more, but – he he played a role today and and played it well. Um, Stuart West says Kobe Brown's going to have to keep it up because there's a weak spot at the wing. Um, yeah, I mean the three four positions are the question marks on this team. I, there's there's no doubt they're they're good at the five. Um, they're you know I think in pretty good hands at the one and the two. Um, that that forward wing spot. Yeah, those those are the those are the question marks and. You know, uh, again, was interested to hear Conzo say he thought Kobe played his best game as a as a college player today. Um, I would have to go back and watch it again, which I'm honestly probably not going to do to verify that. But, um, you know, was uh, so good game for Kobe today. And, yeah, they're, they're going to need something out of him or Mitchell Smith um, going forward, you know. And, and there will be times when, when Mitchell Smith plays well and contributes. Today wasn't his day. But, again, it kind of fits in with – it just needs to be somebody. Um, Stuart West says, also A&M plays Missouri's game, except they don't have a Tillman in the middle who can also run the floor. Yeah, and you want to talk about plus minus. We've talked about plus minus a little bit. And again, it's not a perfect stat, right? Um, but in 33 minutes, Jeremiah Tillman was plus 23 
That means in the seven minutes he was not on the floor, Missouri was outscored by seven points. He was clearly the difference in this game. Um, he was the most dominant player, um, you know, in, in this game and, and certainly played uh, very well. Let's, uh, let's look a little bit around what else is going on the, in the SEC. And holy I, – I don't really have words that I can say on this. For the second straight game, Arkansas is getting absolutely blown off the floor at halftime. Uh, Alabama up 42-19 on Arkansas at halftime. Alabama about to go to 6-0 and in the SEC, which nobody saw that coming. They were 5-3 and non-con and, and looked, I mean, lost to Western Kentucky. Uh, Georgia beat Ole Miss. Ole Miss, I think, has to be the biggest disappointment in this league so far. Kermit Davis's team just really – well, that's not true. Second biggest disappointment in this league so far because Kentucky continues to struggle. Auburn beat uh, Kentucky 66-59 at Auburn Arena today. So Kentucky continues to flounder. Again, Alabama up 42-19 on Arkansas. That comes after uh, just a game after LSU actually led Arkansas by 31 in the first half. So Eric Musselman got to get his team going um, in the first 20 minutes at some point or they're going to be in trouble. I'm going to take a quick look at the SEC standings and just uh, – just see, like I said, Alabama about to be six and zero. South Carolina's one and zero. They play uh, LSU tonight. LSU's four and one. So Alabama and LSU and Tennessee, I think, kind of establishing themselves as those top three teams. Kentucky fell to three and two today. Uh, Mississippi State three and two right now. Florida three and two. Those two teams actually play each other. Then Missouri two and two. So. You know, Missouri's right there. Um, Arkansas is about to fall to two and four. A and M's two and four. Auburn's two and four. So Missouri's actually a, a game, game and a half clear of the bottom half of the league. If you stacked it up right now, they would be an eight, but that's kind of hard to assess simply because of the differing number of games. A lot of teams are going to have six games played after tonight. Missouri's only got four. South Carolina's only going to have two. Um, but they're kind of right in the middle. But they're closer to being above the middle than they are below the middle. So, uh, you know, they'll have a game against uh, South Carolina on Tuesday night, which is a game Missouri's going to need to win. No question. Um, we talked about this on the pregame show, uh, but today and Tuesday night were huge for Missouri because coming up after that Tuesday night game against South Carolina at Tennessee, at Auburn, home against TCU, home against Kentucky, home against Alabama, at Ole Miss, home against Arkansas. Um, and I mean, those are – you know, that's a stretch where you could see three and four. Um, so you want to have a little bit of maybe margin for error or leeway built up when you enter that stretch starting next Saturday at Knoxville. Um, keep on going through the comments. Todd says, these guys are pretty good. They're, they are flawed, but if Pickett can score, we won't lose many games. Point guards and centers win in the turning, and we have both. It's a good point, Todd. And, and again, I think we do get caught up in nitpicking and, and I mean – Look, I'm, I'm a fan of a, a football team that was the most dominant football team on the planet, and for the last eight weeks all you've heard is what they don't do well and, and how they could lose. I think it's we tend to be pessimistic as fans. Missouri is 8-2. and two. They're going to be in the top 15 in the country come Monday. They have a game they should win Tuesday night. They should be 9-2. and two. And then they go to Tennessee with the chance where, hey, if they win there, you're looking at maybe a top 10 team. So um, – we tend to focus on the negatives and worry about what could go wrong, but a lot has gone right for Missouri this year. And considering how little has gone right for Missouri basketball over the last seven years, it probably is time for all of us to focus a little bit more on all of that. Um, 
So let's see. Uh, keep on rolling. Uh, we've talked to, about a lot of this stuff. Uh, Dan, Dan, who I believe we just talked to, says home court advantage not as significant, and we haven't been so great about home court advantage in the past. So is it fair to say Mizzou is kind of built for this weird season? I, I think Mizzou's built for this weird season in this way. They're experienced. Not much should rattle them. Missing the offseason and missing a few practices here and there should affect them less than it affects a lot of other teams. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I think in some weird ways. Now, look, Conzo Martin in Missouri would prefer it was a normal season, I'm sure. But in some weird ways, Missouri might benefit from what this season is a little bit more than other teams have. Uh, Roberts wanting to know what the schedule is like for the rest of the uh the rest of the way for games lost, is there a set minimum amount of SEC games so all games will be made up or not? They're going to have to change some things if they're going to make up all the games. Right now, Missouri has lost two games. There are a few days built in at the end of the season where you can make up two games. But, like, South Carolina's already missed four games. So where do those extra games go? They're going to have to find times where, hey, maybe a couple weeks where they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or – they're just going to have to accept the fact that, hey, maybe some teams are going to play a different number of games, and I think they'll accept that. Now, the weird thing's going to be, what are you going to do for postseason conference tournament seeding if you've got one team that finished 18 games and went, say, 9-9, nine and nine, and then you've got one team that was 8-4? and four. I mean, 8-4 and four is a better win percentage, but if they had played all the games, maybe they wouldn't be or even, you know, eight and six. Eight and six, a better win percentage than nine and nine. But what if they would have played those other four games? They could be eight and ten. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle all that. I don't know. One thing that we talked about on the pregame show that I think would be interesting, they've got those few days built in after the end of the regular season before the start of the conference tournament. I think they should use that as a bubble in Nashville and just make up those games in Nashville. Missouri versus Vanderbilt, Missouri versus LSU, rather than those being a home and a road game. Just go play them in Nashville, uh, have the teams get there four days early, play a couple games before the start of the league tournament. It's going to be a little tough. Uh, look, a lot of teams might play a lot of games in a lot of days. I'm not sure that's how they'll do it, but it they're going to be playing games at that time anyway, so playing them in Nashville makes more sense to me than having teams travel all over the country. But as far as making up games that are canceled from here on out or postponed, I don't know. Uh, they might have to skip some. They might have to have some weeks where they play Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, or like a, you know, a Saturday, Sunday, back-to-back. I don't know. It's going to be tough. Um, but I, I would assume, like with football, they will do as much as they can to get as many games in as they can. Um, let's see. Lucas chiming in, saying post-game drink is a necessity on the ride home from the football games, and I want to be clear. That is what we call the football postgame show. Lucas is not promoting drinking while you're coming home from the football games. But uh, certainly appreciate all you guys who, who do take in the shows and, and listen this way. Um, uh, concept Check says, so excited Mizzou Hoops is ranked in the top 25 for five straight weeks. When was the last time we could say that? I, I don't know offhand. I would guess um, at some point during – uh, Frank Hayes, probably second season, actually had a good start to that second season, tapered off and and, and ended up, uh, I think, losing maybe to Colorado State in the first round of the tournament. But I think they spent a decent amount of that season ranked, uh, would be my guess. 
Uh, Jonah wants to know, can Mizzou make a turning run shooting 20, 25% from three historically as a team that shoots as poorly as Mizzou made noise in March? It's tough. I mean, like, I think you're going to have to be better than that, but you know, hey, they're eight and two right now. And again, I talked about this last week. They've already gone through a six game stretch where they went six and oh, which is what you have to do in the NCAA tournament. It wasn't against nobody's, including included in that was at Wichita State against Oregon, uh, against Illinois. So they played some high level competition against Bradley. So can they? Yes, it's it's probably not the easiest way to get things done, but it's not impossible, I guess, is where I would say. Um, they could be anywhere from three and four to five and two in that seven game stretch that we talked about. Like Jared says, I agree. Um, I, I mean, let me look through that stretch again at Tennessee. I think that's probably a loss at Auburn. That's a 50, 50 game, especially with Sharif Cooper. Auburn is, is playing better now home against TCU. It's a game you think you'd win, but you never know home against Kentucky. Again, a game you think probably you win, but Kentucky does have talent and they'll rise up and, and beat you sometimes. Uh, home against Alabama, you could win, but Alabama's playing great right now. At Ole Miss, you'd think you should win, but who knows? And home against Arkansas, again, you'd think you should win. So I would say, yeah, optimistically, I'm looking at 5-2 and two with the losses at home to Alabama and at Tennessee. Um, but at Auburn could be a loss. Home against Kentucky could be a loss. Home against TCU could be a loss. I would, I would actually put the floor at two and five rather than three and four. So I think two and five to five and two in that stretch, and and what they do will largely determine probably where they end up in SEC play and and seated in the Big Dance. So, uh, hey, we've we've gone a little over an hour here. I think we've we've hit the high points in this one once again. Missouri a 68-52 winner over Texas A&M. We played Gikonzo's, uh post game at the beginning we will post all of that on the site coming up um it, we'll post the video i'm sorry on the site coming up have some post game thoughts uh mitchell 40 has has plenty of stuff coming i'm sure as well from post game want to thank all you guys for joining us want to thank burger smokehouse for being a part of this once again check them out at smokehouse.com you can go to hyvee price chopper uh schnooks cnr woods uh, Gerbs, pretty much any grocery store in the state of Missouri is going to have their stuff. They've got ham, turkey, bacon, pulled pork, ribs, brisket, all kinds of good stuff. So get that. Um, maybe get some out for uh, looks like we're about five minutes away from Rams Packers, Bills Ravens tonight. Heard there's a big game at 205 tomorrow. Uh, so NFL football on tap. We will be back with you guys Tuesday night here. Uh, pre-game. Uh, I've got to check game time, I believe, is 6 o'clock against South Carolina. So that means we're going to start pre-game at 5 o'clock. We'll do post-game after that. But thanks, everybody, for joining us. Before we log off, um, please hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Good way to end it, Jared. Thanks, and uh, go Chiefs. I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. So thanks for joining us, guys, here on the dance class. We'll do everything again on Tuesday night. Plenty of coverage coming up on PowerMizzou.com.